You're listening to The Courage to Change, a recovery podcast. We are a community of recovering people who have overcome the odds and found the courage to change. Each week, we share stories of recovery from substance abuse, eating disorders, grief and loss, childhood trauma, and other life-changing experiences. Come join us no matter where you are on your recovery journey. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Courage to Change Recovery Podcast. My name is Ashley Loeb Blassing Game, and I am here with my producer extraordinaire, Scott Drockelman. Senor Drock. Hello, everybody. What we got today? Well, uh, we've got a good one. We've got another listener question. A this Q&A? one. Yep, we got ourselves a QA episode here. Um, we've got another Q&A listener. Interested. Q and interested. We have a listener question. This one is from B. And this one says, I've been reading the big book lately. And it says that resentment is the number one offender. And I don't understand what they mean. So that's from B. She's digging into the big book and doesn't really understand why resentment is is such a problem here. Love it. Love it. Love it. So this is a great question. And I just want to say up front that this, even if you're not in a 12-step program, if you struggle with addiction, this can still apply. And this is just the language that's used in the 12-step community but find a way to make it apply to you. And I will, I will outline what that looks like in further detail. So to be the passage that you're talking about is on page 64 of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is the basic text of all of the 12 step programs. And the first 164 pages are, are the basic text. And then the stories after that are, are just that stories of members who have been able to get sober. On 64, um, I'm going to read the passage real quick and then talk about it. So the passage says, resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease. For we have been not only mentally and physically ill, we have been spiritually sick. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. In dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. We listed people, institutions, or principles with whom we were angry. We asked ourselves why we were angry. In most cases, it was found that our self-esteem, our pocketbooks, our ambitions, or our personal relationships. So this page, this is describing what is considered the fourth step, which is a fearless moral inventory, as they as they call it. And resentments are the number one offender. So, so what this means is, what we say is that non-alcoholics have the luxury of holding on to resentments because non-alcoholics, tip, again, typically do not nourish their resentments the way that alcoholics do. Alcoholics, we take resentments and they're like little seedlings and we plant them and we give them great soil and sunshine and we water them every day, tell them we love them and we have them grow and grow and grow into this huge tree. And then we hold on to that tree and we check it out every day. Resentments are nourished, negative <laughs> thoughts that we hold on to and we we start to base our lives around. And so what that means is when we have a resentment 
For example, if I have a resentment against religion or a specific religion, right? I would put that institution down and on this four step when we do this moral inventory. And what we would look at is, okay, what is the resentment? Who is it against? How does it affect? What does it affect? So pocketbook, self-esteem, ambitions, personal or sex relationships, right? So typically affects those things. And then what's my part in it? And my part is the biggest, one of the biggest game changers about the 12-step programs that, I mean, absolutely changed my life. And it is this shift. So if I am resentful at a religion, any, any, whatever religion you want it to be, and I put these things down and I look for my part, well, one thing is that I'm judging an entire, like, have I ever felt like I was being judged on one person's actions or one thing that I did that was not in line with my values or one circumstance where I didn't act in a way that I would like to be, you know, seen for that I would like to be judged based on, right? So in that sense, we are being hypocritical because we are using judgment against people, places, and things that we would never want those standards to be used on ourselves. And the idea is we don't have the mental capacity, the mental space, or the ability to not obsess on resentments. And so therefore, we must dispel them. We must find our part. We must work through them. And some of these things, it takes years to work through. I've had resentments on my four-step that took many, many years to work through. In fact, I had resentments on my four-step where I was resentful at someone and I made amends to her for my part, which I did because I, I thought that it would tell her that I was better than she was. And not because I was actually feeling sorry or guilty for any of the things that I did. And so I did, I, I did the action, I did the footwork. And then 10 years later, I feel how I said I felt. And it worked at the time. I didn't feel that way, but I did what I, I did the right thing. I acted as if, and now I actually do feel what I said. And so there's different ways to look at this, but I think the biggest thing is you will hear resentment is the number one offender because it's one of the biggest things that we address in the program through the steps, right? You have the, the first three steps are about powerlessness, unmanageability, about a higher power being returned to sanity. And the fourth step is about writing down all these resentments and finding our part. And it is amazing at how much of a part we can have in a resentment. And that part, sometimes people say, well, you know, this thing happened and I only had a tiny part. I'm, why should I make amends? This is 90% this person's fault. And what we look at is the 10%. And we say, yeah, you're right. And that's their side of the street to clean up. But the 10%, you're going to clean up this, your side of the street because we're going to walk through life with our head held high and be able to look people in the eyes and be able to know that any wrongs that we have done, that we not only cleaned up, but that we're willing to clean up any day of the week. And we continue to do that. And then in step 10, step 10 is a daily step where you basically take that inventory for the day. And it's a much more informal thing, but you you basically, you practice, as we say, practice these principles in all of our affairs. You live it. 
by, did I, do I have a part? Did I do something today? Did I cop a resentment? And do I have a part in any of that resentment? And sometimes it's just, Hey, my tone, like maybe your spouse is a total prick, but your tone of voice in response, that's not how you like to talk to people. And that's the part you own, just your part. And I, I know that sounds really silly, but it was absolutely life-changing. I had no idea that I had a part in any of my resentments. I had no idea how to find my part. This taught me how to do that. I had no idea why so many of these things had created resentments in me. Well, they were affecting my ability to make a living. They were affecting my ability, you know, they were affecting my relationship I wanted. They were the and ultimately when you start to understand that process of building a resentment and then fostering that resentment and you see how much that contributed to your either addiction or just your mental your lack of, you know, mental wellness, you never ever ever want to have one again. You want every time every time I get them I'm like, fuck, I got to do something with this because I know I just don't I don't live well with that. It doesn't work for me. So that's that's why did that make sense? Yeah, I think so for sure. I yeah, I cuz I think that the I'm guessing, but uh, the listener, you know, it's it's sort of like, you know, as someone who's grown up in a in a Christian thing, it's sort of like one of those things where it's like you you get the initial text and you're like all right, I sort of get what this means. And then it's like, you have to have somebody sort of explain it to you deeper than that, I guess, or how it actually manifests itself. And and that's what I'm wondering about is if you have like, do you have any kind of illustrative story or like something you can think of where like it kind of, it came back and gotcha sort of right. Like you, you didn't deal with the resentment and, or you thought you had kind of put it to bed and that it, it came back and got you in any kind of significant way later on. <laughs> I have a funny one. So I've been truly in love with three men in my life. All of their names start with D. And, oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, you know, I've loved other, other people, but I've been like truly in love with three people. And, and so one of them was all over uh, uh, four steps I had. So I had all of these resentments and a big one was that he was not faithful to me. And so I had all these situations and all these things that explained like what kind of, you know, cheating and whatever stuff. So, and in the, when I was doing these, um, so I'm writing these out, right. Of like all these situations, these bitches who came in and whatever. <laughs> right? And I am feeling I'm mad. I'm like, you fucked me over you, blah, 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 blah. Like no understanding of what is about to happen. And it occurs to me while I'm writing that for every person that he cheated and, and in my head, I didn't rem- like, I really, I don't know if I had amnesia or what the fuck, but I didn't remember this. But in my head, I realized that for every girl he cheated on me with, I went and cheated on him with someone, but I didn't tell him. <laughs> so I just got him back, but didn't actually tell him. And therefore, in my mind, it didn't count. Ca- I was sober. It didn't count because he didn't know, but it counted enough to me as payback, right? So just like really healthy thinking. And it did not like 
it didn't register. Like I was still mad at him and still resentful at him for all these situations that happened. And it did not register that what I was doing was a part of that because he didn't know about it and I was getting back at him, right? And so we do this this list and I'm like, oh my God. Because on the thing, right? I'm like, he's a fucking cheater, da, 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 like whatever. <laughs> and we look at him, we're like, oh no, I'm a cheater. <laughs> like, this is terrible. I'm a liar. Oh no. Like we, you, it's like you, you, you see, because one of the questions that you ask yourself in all of these resentments is, have I done this to someone? Do I do this? You know, where have I been hypocritical, et cetera. So if you're saying like this person never tells people the whole truth about whatever, and then you look at, do you tell people the whole truth about absolutely everything? And you're like, well, no. And So then you see like, oh, I have a tendency to be hypocritical, which would be one of your character defects, right? So mine, I'm showing, I'm doing this and I am, I am so self-righteous. I am so like this guy, look at what a piece of shit he is. And it just doesn't occur to me that my behavior counts for anything. And that's a funny, because it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's a funny example of like, but this relationship was tormenting. Like for everything I'm saying, like it was a real situation for me in my head. And I did not see how I had a part in keeping a resentment alive. So someone could do something, someone cuts me off in the street, right? And I might be momentarily annoyed with them. And then I move on with my life, right? That's because it doesn't matter anymore. I don't know who they are. But When you keep the resentment and you continue, right? Every day you have to bring it back. I don't bring back every person who who cut me off on the street, right? It's not relevant. But in order to keep a resentment alive, ongoing, you have to continue to reinforce the belief. And so what is the belief that you continue to reinforce? Well, I continue to reinforce that he's a piece of shit and that I get cheated on and that I'm not worthy and that I get lied to and that men lie. And that so these are the things I'm reinforcing, right? Well, what's my part? What's my character defect? I do exactly the same thing, but in my head, because I'm doing it back at them as payback or whatever, secretly, right? Because I'm doing it, it's different, but it's the exact same behavior. And so how am I like how, so then I get to look at my behavior, the things I do, my character defects, I'm vengeful, right? I'm trying to get back at someone, but I'm so vengeful that I won't tell them I'm getting back at them, right? So I'm sneaky, right? What are the things that I'm doing? And you start to see what's amazing is that you see, you put on down all these resentments, you start to see a pattern where like, I'm really self-righteous. I don't want to be treated a certain way, but if I feel like I need to treat someone that way, I should be allowed to do so. Or, you know, you can't be inconsistent, but I can be, it's okay for me to be inconsistent or you can't have ambitions that are bigger than mine because I'm insecure or so on and so forth. And so what you do in this process, and it's magical, it is, it sounds, it is truly magical. And and like you said, you do have someone walk you through it. And the fourth step is where you do all the writing work. And the fifth step is where you share it with someone. Some people share it with a priest, some people share with their sponsor, but It is really, it is really a fascinating thing to do because you go into it and I use the tact, I use the formula all the time, all the time. And, and I use it with my kids all the time because 
I'm like, you know, one, one I really had for a while was like, they would not finish the board book. Like we need, you know, like <laughs> we're reading and, and it really, really bothered me. And it was like, okay, what's my part? And this is just an easy one. What's my part in the resentment? Well, my part is that this is supposed to be a fun activity for them. And they've decided when the fun ends and I'm, I'm telling them no. And I want them to finish the book for me because that makes me feel better. Except this activity is literally not for me. It's for them. So well, you want to know how it ends too. That's, that's <laughs> no, I know how the book ends. <laughs> fucking five pages, hard cardboard. But, <laughs> but like, it was about my need to complete it, to feel like they were getting enough reading. You know, those are the types of things. And that's where it gets to, right? In the beginning, it's like my drug dealer came and stole from me and, she, you know, whatever, put something in my drugs. And you're, and you're like, well, okay, so what's the standard that I'm holding this person to? And do I give off like a trustworthy vibe? Like, do I entrust myself to safe people? Okay, no. So I'm surprised when someone, okay, like here's the line of thinking. And it's really, I mean, I cannot tell you enough how life-changing it is because it gives you this formula that you can mentally put in and go, what is my part? Like I'm judging someone right now and I hate it. Like I really, really fucking hate it, but I keep doing it. I keep doing it over and over again. And my part is that it's easier to do that than it is to focus on the other things I need to focus on. And I may be right about my judgment, but it doesn't matter. What matters is that I'm thinking about it and focusing on it because it's easier than even it's easier than dealing with whatever else I need to think about is. And so my part is I'm using it as a distraction. I'm using gossip as a distraction, or I'm using judgment as a distraction to make myself feel better. I'm insecure or I'm procrastinating. And again, these are ways that it helps today. But back when I first got sober, it helped to really understand that the world was life was not happening to me, that I had a part in everything that happened, which made me feel like less of a victim. Is there any part of it where it's like, I mean, that's, that's, uh, you know, obviously that's a, a huge transition and a sort of changing in the lens in which you're viewing things for sure. But did you ever have a time where it was like the emotions were just so deep that you felt sort of hung up? Like, was, and was there something that you found that helped in that particular situation? Yeah. So there are some things like the, so childhood abuse, right? Like childhood sexual trauma. I didn't have a part in that. And that's, you know, that's okay. And there are certain things where you're not, you know, you're just, I was a child, you know, whatever. I'm not going to have a part in. I struggled feeling really isolated and persecuted in some of the community that I was in when I was growing up. And that back then, it when someone was, you know, they found out there was abuse, they found out like someone was struggling, it was very shunning. There was not like, it was not like, oh, she needs help. It was like, she's a bad apple. And there have been people who were really awful during that time who have come back around and, oh, we're, you know, I'm impressed by what you've done or, or whatever it is. And some of those resentments around how I was treated were really hard for me to let go of because I was wronged and I was a kid who needed help and they were adults and they treated me like shit. And, you know, a couple of them, I've helped their kids 
And, you know, I've had to really like look at those resentments about that. And what I see, what I've, you know, it's gotten better too, as I get older and as I've had kids and all these things. But what I see is that people are afraid and I have, and what I've learned is that people do things out of fear. They act out of fear when they don't understand something, they don't know something, they want to protect themselves and they want to protect their families. And that's something I can relate to. I can relate to wanting to protect myself and I can relate to wanting to protect my family. I can relate to not understanding something, it being scary and backing away from it. And so when I look at it down on black and white, you know, in paper, the resentment of like, you treated me so badly. You, you made my life so miserable, more miserable than it, than it had to be. And then I look at like, I experience fear too. I experience, you know, I look at the column that says like, what would my part be? And well, my part in the resentment is that I don't acknowledge having those feelings, understanding what that's like. That's my part in holding on to the resentment, not my part in what they did, but my part in keeping it alive, keeping the resentment alive. And so I don't have that resentment anymore because I know what it feels like to be afraid and to want to avoid something and be like that, you know, not my circus, not my monkeys. Like we gotta, we gotta back away. So I get that. I get that. And I get, I can imagine what it looks like to someone particularly now. And so that relieves me of the resentment. But for a long time, I just kept it alive, playing the tape over of what they did to me and how they hurt me. And the fact that I don't have that resentment anymore doesn't change the fact that they did that. And it doesn't change the fact that it happened and that it hurt me. What it does change is my understanding of how I show up in the world and what I'm willing to put thought time into and whether I'm willing to categorize people as out to get me or people as people who have the same character defects and struggles that I have. Yeah, I think that's really well put. If people are still kind of working through this, they obviously like their sponsor, but is are there other resources that you would point people towards if they're trying to like get at the heart of this or they're struggling with this piece? Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of recovery coaches out there. Like if you don't want to go the traditional route, there's a lot of recovery coaches. Casey Davidson, Arlena Allen are two really, really fantastic ones. There are fourth step workshops online. There are fourth step workbooks. There are, you know, meetings and sponsors and Yeah, there's a smart recovery and they have a cognitive behavioral therapy workbook. So there are a lot of different resources out there for this type of work. But I just, it was life changing for me. I, it was the moment where I realized I had some say in how I could live my life and I could stop this cycle of everything was happening to me. I just felt like everything was happening to me. It was happening. I had no control over it. And when I started to see who I was in black and white and how I responded to these things and how I kept many of these things alive, these feelings, these shitty feelings alive because it fed a narrative that I needed to believe. And when I decided I didn't want that narrative anymore, I learned in that process, I had the power to change the narrative. But in order to change the narrative, you have to let go of the resentments. And it's so powerful. I use it in my marriage. I mean, I my marriage is a result of, the, of doing this work because so many times my husband has done something just so, you know, irritating and shitty 
And I am able to stop and find my part and go, why am I having such a big reaction? Why I'm having an outside? Yes, he did that, but I'm having an outsized reaction. What's that about? And I go to him and I say, when you do this, I feel unheard. And when I feel unheard, you know, I feel like this feels like a much bigger deal. And I feel like you don't hear me and I feel blah, 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 blah. And so when we have that type of language, he can say, I hear you. This is why I did this, blah, 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 blah. And we can move forward from that. And it's it's a really, really good tool. I, I highly recommend it. And I know that it's it's the cornerstone of the 12-step programs. Yeah, I love it. B, I hope this was helpful. I don't know if this was your first time working through this or this is just something that you've struggled with, but I hope this was helpful for you. Ashley, if people want to get a question on the show, this podcast, The Courage to Change in a Q&A episode, how would they go about doing such a thing? If you have a question, please, please, please send it to podcast at lionrock.life. Podcast at lionrock.life. We would love to hear from you. We would, we would. So we're rooting for you, B. I hope this is helpful and you are able to take this and turn it into some kind of helpful action. Ashley, anything you want to leave them with? Leave B with or the listeners or anybody, I guess. If you're curious about how the 12 steps work and the God stuff really freaks you out, there are ways to work the 12 steps where you ignore that part. There is something called the secular 12 steps. Also, you can work the 12 steps and just ignore the God part. There's value in that. Even if you don't want the whole program, that's not how you're going to live your life. I, I just recommend check it, having an open mind and checking it out because uh, there's value in the work that's done. Even if you aren't a member or a part of, or you don't want to do that ongoing, there's real value. So I just encourage you to have an open mind and feel free to check out secular 12 steps. I believe that they actually remove the word God. And I believe they have a workbook. So you could check that out as well. And with that, I bid you adieu. This podcast is sponsored by lionrock.life. Lionrock.life is a diverse and supportive recovery community offering weekly over 70 online peer support meetings, useful recovery information, and entertaining content. Whether you're newly sober, have many years in recovery, or you're recovering from something other than drugs and alcohol, we have space for you. Visit www.lionrock.life today and enter promo code COURAGE for one month of unlimited peer support meetings free. Find the joy in recovery at lionrock.life.